Welcome to Beyond the Minimum, where we'll be exploring the world of work. We'll be chatting about concepts, ideas, and phrases, explore practices, and delve into what good looks like. Work can be purposeful, value-led, and more meaningful to all who interact with the workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Tanya Hewitt, who lives in unceded Algonquin Anishabe territory, otherwise known as Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Hello, everyone. As I record this, Peter Uni was on a morning radio show that I regularly listen to, who was talking about his departure from the science advisory table for Ontario. He was very active on giving the government advice on COVID for the last couple of years. Peter Uni is from Switzerland. You could tell from his accent that he is not, um, you know, from Toronto. But um, he was not only a very trusted person to be listening to, he was very in tune with the science. He had talked about how appreciative he is of Ontarians and how much he is going to miss the people of Ontario. He had talked about the people of Ontario during a lot of his media interviews during even some of the darkest days of the pandemic. And it was very unusual for somebody to be acknowledging that. Not too many people call out Ontarians as being great people. So it was really refreshing for him to say such things. He also said something this morning that when he was asked what he wouldn't miss about what he would not miss uh, about being where, um, you know, in Toronto and um, and where he has been for the past few years, he said, uh, well, he wouldn't miss the traffic. Fair enough. And he wouldn't miss the consumerism. And I thought that was fascinating. And the interviewer asked him about that. And he said, well, he grew up in Switzerland and this whole fascination with Black Friday and, and the like was different for him. It's a North American thing and he he is going to be glad to get away from that. And I thought, wow, you know, um, I am appreciative to him for raising that because I don't know how many of us are questioning this drive to buy things as a part of our culture that really is not all that helpful. As I said, I, I thought it was a really, really good departing interview, leaving us with something to think about. Traffic is going to be something that I think will be, anybody can talk about that, but consumerism, I think that's one that is worth consideration. So I thank you, Peter Uni, for all you have done for our province, for your incredibly astute remarks in the media when they were called for, because this is a serious disease and your voice was one of the very clear, um, appreciated ones out there bringing science to the masses. And I'm also now glad that you're commenting on some of the sociological impacts of our shopping habits. Today's episode is expanding our vocabulary. Hello, everyone. Today's new vocabulary is 
Group Eto. That is E T T O. I learned about this from a book that Dr. Hallnagel had written. Um, I'm thinking it was in 2006. I could be wrong about that. I will put that in the show notes, however, so you can find this book and read it for yourself. So ETO stands for the Efficiency Thoroughness Trade-Off. In that book, I can remember Dr. Hallnagel putting forth a very powerful argument that ETO is pervasive. It is virtually everywhere. It's in nature. It's certainly in ourselves, whereby we will prioritize efficiency over thoroughness in most circumstances. But in any case, efficiency and thoroughness are trade-offs on one another. You can't have both at equal amounts because they pull in opposite directions of our time. If you are efficient, you don't take much time. If you are thorough, you take a lot of time. So they can't both be achieved simultaneously. There is going to be a tendency to go one way or another. So the real issue comes when you see this manifest itself in a group setting, group eto. In the last little while, I have been exposed to an incredible amount of information on the value of teams. This has been many, many posts on LinkedIn. I have actually participated in this wave of really pushing the importance of teams. I will actually talk about a model on on teams in a future podcast, but uh, for now, I want to focus on this caveat in teamwork, group eto. So the real explanation of this I can talk to from personal experience is that when you know that there is a process after your work, be that a review or a signature, whereby you are not the final say on a piece of work, you will tend to prioritize efficiency knowing that there is that further downstream process that is going to be thorough. I can remember in a workplace I once worked where they had introduced a double signature so that the person who did the work would sign off on their own work and a co-peer would sign off on their their peers work meaning that peer review signature was the check that was expected of of the group when i was in it it turned out though that a lot of people were asked to peer review work while they were in the middle of something or you know just before they left for the end of the day or in, you know, just before they left for a meeting. So often the peer review was not actually a review. It was just an, an implicit trust in the person who did the work in the first place that they checked their own work adequately and they will sign off because, you know, you, I don't actually need to double check your work. You are a good worker and I don't need to sit down and read everything you've done. But then 
it got to our boss who had to sit down and read all of the work or at least uh, read enough of the work so that her signature on the work would be something that she could sleep with because her signature was the last signature. And, you know, basically that was the responsibility and authority. And it turned out that she found an awful lot of errors in a lot of people's original work because of the ineffectiveness of that second signature because of being in a group eto context. That second signature was depending on the author to be thorough, but also depending on the boss to be the final check to be thorough. It, it did turn out that that did catch some errors, but maybe it didn't catch all the errors and it really wasn't the way it should have worked in the first place. Because we are almost programmed for efficiency, we really need to try to reset ourselves for thoroughness. There was a recent episode of Cautionary Tales, which is an excellent podcast. I'll put that episode in the show notes. And I'll find as well the episode of Mayday, because I learned about this same phenomenon on a Mayday episode years ago. So this described a flight at the beginning of um, automatic pilots, whereby a pilot allowed his children to fly a commercial plane full of passengers. Uh, we know about this whole story because the plane crashed, there were no survivors, the the flight data recorder and the cockpit voice recorder were both analyzed and this entire flight's trajectory and what happened in it are now well known. Nobody would put an untrained person in the driver's seat of a plane, but for an automatic pilot actually flying the plane. And that's exactly what happened in this scenario. So a pilot had put his children in the driver's seat of the plane, had programmed the automatic pilot to do very light turns, banking the plane left or right, whichever it was. The children thought that they were actually flying the plane because the plane seemed to respond to what they were doing. And this worked for the daughter. But... When the older son sat in the plane's cockpit and took hold of the joystick, um, he overrode the automatic pilot. Unintentionally, of course, but because he didn't even know it was on because nobody, you know, this whole scenario is, well, far better explained in Cautionary Tales. The point here is not really to talk about the accident as much as it is to show that this group Edo can work not only in groups of people, but when you get technology involved. So the pilot who put his children in charge of the plane had assumed that the automatic pilot would be thorough, never expecting the automatic pilot would be overridden by his son, which it was, and you, you always need the capability to override technology because you you might be in a circumstance where people understand what's going on better than the technology does. 
and in which case you want people to have the control. But that wasn't the case when his son overrode the automatic pilot inadvertently, and the thoroughness check that the pilot thought was going to be there was lost. The point being that the pilot would never have put his children in charge of a flight whereby an automatic pilot was not flying the plane, right? He just wouldn't have done that. That would have been a nonsensical decision to make. But only because of this confidence in the thoroughness of the automatic pilot to be in charge and, you know, not respond to his children's playing with the joystick, did he do this in the first place. So overall, if you are part of a process where your work is checked or feeds into an, another process to something else, there is an extraordinarily high likelihood of you falling prey to group Eto. If, though, we act more often as the only person involved, then we are going to be the thoroughness checker ourselves. And we can then take the time that thoroughness needs that otherwise we would prioritize efficiency. And in that way, we can counteract group Eto. And in fact, in Dr. Hallnagel's analysis of this whole thing, I clearly remember him stating that this isn't, in, this isn't a foregone conclusion for all groups out there. But you do need to have a few individuals in any group process that are going to prioritize thoroughness over efficiency in order to counteract this overwhelming desire or tendency that we all have to prioritize efficiency over thoroughness. Groupetto, try not to fall prey to it. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Minimum with Tanya Hewitt. We hope this episode aligned with you. Maybe it was diametrically opposed to you, but at any rate, we trust it made you think. The more we can think about our workplaces and start talking about them, the more we can collectively make a real difference. If you're living in Canada, please find out the Indigenous territory in which you reside and begin using it to introduce yourself. Please reach out to Tanya through her email, tanya at beyondsafetycompliance.ca. Connect and chat with her on LinkedIn. Follow her company, Beyond Safety Compliance. And remember to ask yourself the question, how does your work look? Because we can always go beyond the minimum.